Welcome back to That's Ancient History. Today I'm joined by a very special guest, aka Lauren Wade of the YouTube channel originally known as Reads and Daydreams, also my fellow host of the Feminist Orchestra, which is a feminist book club that I run online if you're not familiar, and just, you know, one of my favourite people in the world, oh, just gee. casually, and um, she is here for my second Ask a Classicist podcast special, in which I get somebody who is not a classicist on to ask me all of their questions and just chat a little bit more about antiquity and the classics with me. So thanks so much for joining me, Lauren. Thanks so much for having me. No problem. <laughs> I hope I live up to the task because I am an absolute novice. Yeah, but that's what I classics. want. That's what I want. Okay, this I'm quite is... worried that the questions I have for you are very vast and very wide ranging and perhaps things you won't be able to answer so this, might be, this might be a very very quick podcast <laughs> well well maybe we'll get a bit speculative and philosophical yeah okay well, that's always interesting <laughs> who knows we'll find out um I, I really you you're in charge this time oh my gosh yeah so you so kind of just power. have to yeah kick things off really it's your podcast take over all right okay well what I've been wondering about, Jean, is <laughs> listening to you talking on this podcast about all of the classics, is what kind of defines classics? Mm. So as an outsider, when people talk about classics and classical history, they mean predominantly, in my opinion, Greek, mm -hmm. but also like Roman history. Okay, so I think that's actually a really good question because I think the problem with referring to it as classics as well and something that like I would have felt when I was say a teenager before I'd done a classics degree was that what on earth does classics mean like I have told people I study classics and they have reacted with oh like Jane Austen and stuff yeah. or even oh like classical music like it it because it's not part of every curriculum in every school it's not that clear what that means so classics is a humanities topic and if you were at a university it would often be in a humanities department often separate to history and that's because it covers a broad range of topics outside of just history but it focuses on Mediterranean culture of antiquity so mm -hmm. Greece and Rome however Greece and Rome aren't always <laughs> Greece and Rome so like before the Romans, the Etruscans were sort of the most powerful people in Italy. Um, you've got the Minoans and Mycenaeans who are not the same as the, the Greeks that we often think about. So, like, there are other cultures other than your, your typical Greeks and Romans. So, like, the best way to think of it is sort of the ancient Mediterranean, I always okay. think. So. so not that far reaching from Greeks and Romans, though, no. if we're only going to sort of, like, yeah. Mycenaeans. So we occasionally studied Egypt, but we only ever really studied Egypt after the Macedonians under Alexander the Great settled in Egypt right. so we didn't we, we never studied as part of my classics course the Egyptians prior to Greek and Roman involvement in their culture um, and sort of settlement there uh, and the same with sort of we only ever really studied the Persians from the perspective of their interactions with Gr Greece because there was like the Persian wars with the Greece so it's not like and I think like one of the reasons for that is because the Greeks and the Romans are who we have this wealth of textual evidence from. I mean, we have material evidence from as well, but like, yeah, we have this wealth of evidence from them. The Mediterranean, the ancient Mediterraneans had a big effect on sort of modern culture in the West and we've kind of idealised them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and become a bit fascinated with them. So like, that's what classics refers to, which is not like immediately clear in any way. Yeah, well, I kind of knew that that's what it meant. Yeah. Um, but I guess what my question was more like, 
is that why that we study them specifically? Is it because they've left so much behind and they wrote so much? And like you said, it's not just history that you study, yeah. it's also like the plays and the literature and kind of everything that goes with that. So if you're looking at something like the ancient Egyptian society, mm -hmm. is there not that wealth of literature and stuff? Is that not around? Like this is what I mean about you maybe not being able to answer yeah. it's not as, as not a ancient like, Egyptian <laughs> historian. No, so say, yeah, but, so... Maybe my answer is going to be a bit novice itself, but I guess perhaps, like, potentially you could say one of the reasons that perhaps in, in the West we're so obsessed with, like, ancient Greece and ancient Rome is because there was, like, a real continuity between that culture and our culture and that we continuously studied them and continuously read Greek and Latin texts, whereas, like... But we didn't. Though? But Well, because we're, like, in a lot of ways sort of their descendants in different mm. ways, like, through, like the Roman Empire kind of dominating the rest of Europe and taking things over and things like that you sort of our alphabet is the Roman alphabet um a lot of our words have Latin or Greek roots and uh like in even in the Christian faith in like monasteries and some of the original bibles were all written in ancient Greek and then they use Latin in in Christianity as like an important language so we never really gave up on that stuff right. whereas like and as far as I'm aware, we couldn't immediately translate things like um, hieroglyphs and demotic, which are ancient Egyptian languages, until we found things like the Rosetta Stone. So it was almost like in the West, we forgot those things for a while and then became refascinated. Whereas like we never really lost our attachment to the ancient Mediterranean civilizations. And that's probably just because they were going around taken everywhere over. Yeah, I mean, that's so interesting. I'd never really thought about it being a continuation. Mm. Like when you said oh, we continued to study them, Yeah, I was sort of thinking, yeah, because we know like, for example, Shakespeare yeah. knew all of these Greek and Roman myths and everything. Um, and it was very much in the forefront of everyone's mind, mm -hmm. which is why he used them. Um, but I guess I hadn't really thought about it being used in church services and like Latin was, Latin yeah. never really went away, did it? Yeah, I, I suppose, mean, even after we were invaded. And yeah, although Christianity didn't originate in Italy, Rome was still one of the most powerful presences in the world and it was because of the conversion of a Roman emperor to Christianity that then Christianity became even more widespread and like sort of made its way further into Europe. So it's sort of like, because they were so powerful, they like influence so many of those things yeah so how come the bible yeah because i knew the bible was written in hebrew and in greek yeah how, how did it end up being written in greek jean <laughs> oh gosh i'm i'm just gonna assume time in <laughs> that they were writing lots Not, of things like, and they thought bit, oh, we'll write yeah. this down as well like just to see what's going on yeah i mean i guess it would it must have been a popular language at the time yeah. i wish i could give you a better answer to that but um because it's quite famous about like romans converting to christianity yeah i mean both roman soldiers yeah. killing christ and all of that side mm -hmm. of it and then also them then converting yeah. and it all being fine um <laughs> but the idea of then the bible being written in greek like i don't really see any conversion of, yeah. of the ancient Greeks well, to Christianity in terms of like what you <laughs> yeah but I, mean, I, I think haven't studied it but perhaps it's, it's because Greece wasn't as powerful by the at this point and also Greece is a bit of a dodgy word to use like it is the easiest way to explain it but actually Although Rome was a place, so Rome is a place in Italy and always has been a place in Italy and the Romans originated from there and then like went out and populated other places as the Roman Empire grew. Greece was never like 
a country. Greece was made up of lots of separate countries that were sort of connected by their culture and their language, but even it varied amongst that. So there was Athens, there was Sparta, there was uh, Thessaly, there was, I'm forgetting all of them now, there was the Cretans, there was lots of different people who we would now think of as Greeks because they lived in the area of the world that is now modern Greece, but they didn't think of themselves as Greeks, they referred to themselves as Hellens, but even more than that, they were from their own country, which would be like Athenians or right, something. Okay. So it's just that they spoke the same language? Yeah, essentially, yeah. I mean, in the, they had and the had same gods, but there's still like a diversity amongst that, if that makes sense. They were yeah. just so like Athens was a democracy, lots of the other ancient Greek city states were not democracies, so they still sort of functioned differently, but they had close relationships as well. Okay. I know. It's complicated and it changes from century to century. Just, you know. <laughs> yeah. That was interesting. This is so handy as like a, as a sort of know, person is... who knows things. Yeah. But it's interesting to like ask questions. Good. No, I feel like we're out. getting down to the nitty gritty of yeah, like, like what, what, what is classics? <laughs> and I like <laughs> it. Explain it to me. Um, because my other question was how much does it overlap what you study, maybe not what you personally mm. study, but the study of classics and sort of the Bible and the Christian Jude- Judeo, mm. don't know if that's the right word, um, I guess creation story and like mm. their own histories and myths and, yeah. and things that are happening at the same time. Because I, like I said, you sort of know that that does run into Roman mm. culture yeah, yeah. at some point. Um, I know some of the stuff that you're talking about is like 700 BC. Yeah, yeah. Stuff, so <laughs> it's very, very, yeah. very different. Yeah, and um, like always probably need to clarify that like at the end of the day, I am a Greek historian. Yeah, and absolutely. Like, yeah, knowledge of the Romans is restricted to sort of what I studied during my undergrad. Although I did have some friends during my undergrad who... Um, whose interest lay more with the Roman Empire and the late Roman Empire, which is obviously so sort of like if we think of Christianity sort of like coming out of Christ, like that's right at the beginning of the Roman Empire, but like sort of the development of that religion um, in the Jewish world, I guess it was the Jewish world before that, like happens over a while and then it eventually influences the Roman Empire. Mm. So the first um, Christian Empire was Constantine. Right. And he founded Constantinople in Asia Minor, which is now Turkey. Ah. And what's that song? Uh, Istanbul. Istanbul was Constantinople (laughs) (laughs) for some geography. Ah, And, um, but that's quite like, that's a couple hundred years into the Roman Empire that's happening. So like, it is a slow process. Um, And obviously (laughs) from like my vague understanding of like the history of Christianity, like the, like you said, there was like a lot of persecution of the Christians at the beginning. Yeah. Chucked them into the, the Colosseum and different, yeah, it was quite cruel, but the Romans were quite cruel, and yeah. they were pretty cruel to lots of people. As we all know. Um, but, but there was, like, interactions with them, so there was, like, the, there was these things I know called the Jewish Wars at one point, um, and one of the emperors, Tiberius, had a relationship with a Jewish princess, um, but I couldn't, like, give no, you any, no. like, I couldn't tell you in depth what was going on there, but there's, like, there the, the culture, these places didn't exist in like spheres completely separate from one another like their cultures and their people did cross over yeah that's what I found so interesting yeah because it seems to be very like split in terms of what you're studying and in terms of it being very separate when everything was kind of happening concurrently um actually I think sorry I just like I do think it's probably worth saying as well though there are definitely people in the field of ancient history and classics now that are making massive efforts to sort of expand our studies so Mm -hmm. like if you go and study classics at university 
then there are people fighting to expand that beyond just democratic Athens and the Roman Empire, which yeah. are sort of these like idealised two peaks of classic civilization that have kind of been put on pedestals by a certain group of people in the West. And there is there is attempts at expanding beyond that, which is really important and kind of considering the ancient world as a whole and beyond the Mediterranean and kind of how it all interacts and not just those people, which I think is important and like plays into what you're talking about. Yeah, because it's understanding it in wider context as well mm. and how everyone reacted to each other because you're not yeah. just living in a vacuum exactly. as a person <laughs> with no knowledge of all the people around you, presumably. No, no, no. And there it's... was like trading, there was people were sailing, they were travelling, like, the yeah, people did not live in like tiny little towns unaware that there was anybody else outside of their town. Yeah. That ties quite nicely in with Ooh. a book that I read on something that I Ooh. find quite interesting, um, which is the Celts. Oh, cool. So I, again, know that this is not an area of study that you are an expert in, and neither am I. I am, <laughs> I'd love I to learn more, say, Yeah, so I think it's the kind of thing when we learn about Romans at school, mm. me and my friends being the rebels that we were, um, kind of identified more with the Celts because yeah. we just thought oh you're more ragtag you're mm. more fun you're a bit more colourful mm-hmm. and there's all different tribes and you sort yeah. of um, enjoy that side of yeah. it and I think um, also more recently with things like the popularity of Game of Thrones mm. um, and I was listening to your episode with Jill where you talked about fantasy mm, and Lord yeah. of the Rings and yeah, I love yeah. Lord of the Rings as yeah. well I love that episode. Um, thank you. <laughs> well thank Jill actually. <laughs> I will. Thank you as so I randomly picked up this book on the Celts by Alice Roberts, um, which I found so fascinating. It was a book. Do you want to look at it? I'm like, no, but maybe I should just like steal it from you. Oh yeah, you can borrow it. That's fine. <laughs> You're selling me. It was a TV tie-in okay. with a TV show that I did not watch. And recommended by Neil Oliver on exactly. the front, I see. Well, she did a programme with Neil Oliver, and uh, that's what this book came from, I think. Okay. Um, not that I've seen it. But the book itself was, was really fascinating yeah. because it was looking at... Iron Age peoples all over Europe mm-hmm. and um, kind of what we know, which is very, very little, and whether they refer to them as themselves as Celts, which is probably not. Mm. And so you're trying to work but out like where Greek, the name say, yeah. yeah, and where the name Celts came from. Mm. And they think it's just some kind of Roman person mm. randomly called one tribe Celts one time, and yeah. then now that's just like the name that we have. There's so many things we just refer to as these Roman names that the Romans gave to things. Yeah, because they were the ones writing stuff down. Exactly. That's what's so fascinating. And yeah. what made me I like the sentence. Because I just think there's, there's a sentence in the back of your book that I think makes me think of what we're literally just saying where it says, the Mediterranean civilizations may have achieved greater fame, but it is from the shores of prehistoric Europe that a truly epic story unfolds. Well, there you and go. That's what we're saying. There's so much. There's the only reason that we talk about them so much. But like you're saying about interacting with mm. everybody, like there's a, a section of the book in here, which I will probably get wrong geographically <laughs> if I try and explain it now, but talking about the trade routes that mm. existed. Yeah. And the fact that things went right up you know, to Germany via mm. the Rhine, presumably. I don't know where the Rhine goes, but um, there's all this evidence which points to certain towns and certain ports in Europe which would have been so important mm. for trade, which are now absolutely nothing. Mm. A little bit like when you talk about the city of Troy or these kind of really big cities, and no one really knows where they are. Mm. They've, been discuss- they've been talked about in literature, but it's trying to find, well, where was that? Was that kind of near where Barcelona is now, perhaps? And they're trying to work it all out. Mm. And it's just so interesting with the amount of resources that people had. 
that not only are they trading within themselves in the Mediterranean, mm. but the Mediterranean are trading right up, mm. right up to Germany and, and the UK even. And yeah. people kind of are aware of other cultures mm. miles and miles and miles Absolutely. away. They're completely different. Yeah, like we, we, we have a tendency, I think, to talk about any ancient civilization or culture quite insularly. Mm. Um, I also find this like when we talk, we like we talk about centuries as if there's this like century bubble and there's this century bubble in Sparta or like something like it's like you just you, you do seem to have a tendency to talk about like these little bubbles of time and place whereas like rather than conceiving of it as like a whole like yeah. a whole world <laughs> it's not just it's whole it's I think what's interesting is like other people being aware of each other because mm. you can see like different influences like in the art that's been yeah. behind and things like that like even if people aren't writing things down yeah you can see very similar burial practices like sweeping across yeah. the land and things like that art is such a good one for telling the interaction of cultures as well because you yeah. can get like like this is I'm making something up here, but you might get, like, um, a Roman child who has got, like, a Persian toy. Like, yeah. that kind of thing. You can tell the trade's gone on because that has not been made where that person has fro- is exactly. from. Like, a certain type of technique like yeah. in terms of making things or a certain kind of mineral which can only be found yeah. like in the Mediterranean is wound its way up in like the depths of France and it's, it's, why it's it so, is fascinating yeah. and it's why it's so important to although as somebody whose research is text based it is still very important as a discipline to extend beyond text like you cannot get all your answers from texts it's like history is written by the victors and that is a very true statement and you're not going to get the full picture unless you also look at material culture yeah. and archaeology and like you say not even written by the victors in terms of like you know the romans conquered everyone yeah. so therefore it's okay it's also it's what they deem important yes and the way they talk about other people's practices mm-hmm. like um she says in here a lot of the things that we think we know about the celts mm. like the druids cutting um mistletoe with a golden sickle yeah. and they're like this is absolute nonsense <laughs> we've got no evidence of this at all and even the person who wrote it down in rome is has never seen a celt like yes just, like, <laughs> just making stuff up they've heard um, a rumor yeah. from like a soldier and they've written it down exactly and then they've gone oh yeah this is what they do these weirdos and it's just trying to unpick that um, and it's like ancient people are just as guilty as we are of sort of stereotyping cultures and yeah. stereotyping people one of my favorite sort of like anecdotes from ancient literature is um in tacitus who's not somebody i'm like like greatly familiar with as an author i've not like looked in depth of his texts but he does talk about um like the roman troops traveling to britain um during the roman empire um, it's sort of like, you know, they build the Hadrian's Wall and they go mm. a bit further and they build the Antonine Wall and stuff. But so he's talking about the Romans being over in Britain and he talked basically, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically what he says is like, oh, then they got so far up and it was just full of like crazy loud ginger people. So we just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> we just, like, we just thought, this is not worth our time yeah. in this land. And he's talking people. about the Scottish people. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, is this sort of the stereotype? I mean, came from. I mean, I am loud. It's true, and <laughs> Scotland does have like a higher density of like red-haired people than most countries. But like, it's quite fun that those stereotypes have this really long history. It's really interesting to learn about that. Yeah. Yes, it's like these crazy loud white. We just couldn't deal with them. It's just too much. <laughs> There's no point in even trying. Just leave them. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about in terms of stereotypes, would you like to hear um, a a theory about the Celtic peoples? Which Absolutely. I learned from this book. Um, so what she's talking about in here is that it's been a long held belief mm. that the Celtic tribes um, came from the east somewhere, mm. made their way across Europe, and landed up 
in Ireland mm. and in Scotland yeah. and the UK, and that was kind of the end of the road for them. Yeah. Um, and the oldest piece of kind of, I think it was gravestones, but it might have been something else where it had some writing, which could be identified as very similar, was actually in Spain, like mm. in Iberia. So their new theory is that it actually started around kind of Spain and went up north to Ireland, UK yeah. and Scotland, and then spread east. Wow, so actually, such a change. So it's like a complete opposite way wow. of how, because when they look at how culture spread, they think someone just said that once and everyone's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, you know, when people try and make their theories, yeah. all the evidence match around the theory. Yeah. Um, Pick an and choose And they're thinking now that maybe Ireland and Scotland is sort of like the older mm. sort of lineage, mm -hmm. I guess of that kind then of people and then it's kind of spread across Europe in a different way. Yeah, that's really interesting. It just goes to show as well, like, what people think is fact yeah. can very quickly change. Well, if you do, yeah. Well, history, <laughs> history, yeah. History can change. Yeah. <laughs> history, I like that. History can change. History can change. Well, our perception of history can yes, change. Yes, it can. Our yeah. understanding, yeah. Yeah. Another area which is going, I'm going steadily north for okay. questions here, um, is that I feel like when you think about the myths like we have I mm. guess like on this island um, I don't feel like you get very much kind of Anglo-Saxon Anglo literature in general I think you get a lot of kind of other cultures there's a lot of kind of myths associated with Ireland and those mm. kind of Celtic myths yeah, yeah. And in Wales as well mm. and also interestingly um, there's a lot of kind of Nordic myths mm. that you get sort of from yeah. the Vikings and things like that but like a lot of that is quite mm. well preserved yeah um, which I find quite interesting. Like, did, mm. some, did some cultures just write stuff down and some not? Because yeah, I just, mean, do I just not know things? No, like, no, that's no. the question. No, like, the, I mean, because presumably the Vikings like invaded us, didn't they? Yeah, like, we're getting more like theoretical into sort of like I know. how things survive and stuff. It's not like my expertise, but I think this is definitely true. Like, it's almost random, and I'm like, I'm going to use a classical example here, but I just feel like this helps me explain what yeah. I'm thinking right now is that, so there's this Greek text which literally talks about how, and now this isn't exactly the same as what you're saying, but I think, like, I feel like it sort of like, yeah. helps visualize what I'm thinking. It's sort of like, and in this Greek text, they talk about Athens and Sparta and how Athens was obsessed with like building, like really ornate buildings. They were like obsessed with culture and art and like it's where democracy started. They were like constantly putting on drama. They, they built all these, gorgeous buildings like the Parthenon, whereas in contrast, Sparta, which was equally as powerful and important a city-state at, at the time, was not that focused on it. It didn't build all these grand buildings and stuff. And, it, and the, the text talks about how, like, everyone will, f like, sort of forget about Spartan culture. Yeah. But everyone will remember, because they've left these, like, tangible monuments to themselves almost <laughs> oh, are so amazing we better write this down because yeah. other people are going to want to hear but that's it. it's sort of like what survives doesn't really necessarily do justice to what was mm. um yeah so like i imagine it is just like who like to write things more down than other people did it is but, interesting yeah. isn't it and yeah. And it's interesting what people choose to write down as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like, like I say, what you get from this this, this kind of part of the world is a lot of myth, mm -hmm. a lot of stories, mm -hmm. a lot of kind of creation myths and kind of yeah. these histories, but they're not, they're not really histories, are they? But they're really about kind of gods and yeah. um, kind of great heroes. Whereas I feel like 
like you say, in yeah. the Mediterranean, there's a lot of actual tangible yeah. history. This is the person who was king and this is the person who followed him. Yeah. And it's, you Although know. there's a lot more blurring in the sense of like what we consider history and what we consider myth in, in antiquity between myth and history because quite often they saw these mythological figures as... Historical. Yeah, they're sort of ancestors. And actually quite importantly, I think, is knowing that the word myth is a Greek word, mythos, which literally just means story. So it doesn't have quite the connotations that we think of, I think, when we think of myth as being sort of legendary and yeah. mystical. Magical. Yeah, like, there was certainly more of a blurring between reality and myth for the ancients in that sense. Well, I guess especially if you're talking about gods yeah. and people believe in those gods. Yeah, exactly. So it's and not then really if, like a story. Yeah, so then if the god had a half-mortal child, then of course that was a real person. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's interesting. And yeah, I would, like, personally, I would definitely like to learn more about, like, Scandinavian mythology. Yeah. Something I'd be definitely interested. Like, I've only, you know, I know about Thor and yeah. Loki and Odin and stuff, but I would like, I would like to learn and read more. Um, so how much of myths, especially I guess those Greek myths, do we now think could be historical? Do we think any of it could be historical? I mean, presumably we're not going to yeah. say, yes, Hercules was actually <laughs> half god. Yeah, um, yeah. But do we think Hercules is someone who could have existed? Do we think Achilles could have existed? I've not heard a lot of theories about Hercules being a real person, but there's probably somebody arguing for everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Troy is one of the ones where it's like sort of... There's People been, are trying to find that, Yeah, so, but I think generally the consensus is that the Trojan War was a real war and Troy was a real place. Whether people like Achilles and Patroclus and Hector and Priam and Paris and Helen were real is like a, another question entirely mm. and there's really not much way to substantiate that either... At the, just now, based on current findings, but like the Trojan War, yeah, like that happened. Homer's account of the Trojan War, probably not like mm. from from the trenches, real <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was also like that was written a long time after when the Trojan War would have happened. So like okay. the, the Trojan War was maybe something that happened and then became sort of mythologized by people hundreds of years later, and they wrote their own versions of it. Like it, that's yeah. potentially like what's going on there there's um when Mycenae was first excavated which was like there was the Mycenaean culture lived where Greece is now prior to sort of the classical Greeks like I study in sort of the second millennium BC and they excavated Mycenae for the first time. It was this uh, German archaeologist called Heinrich Schliemann, and they found all this like gold stuff and <laughs> like gold like burials with these burial masks and stuff. He thought he had found King Agamemnon's city and King Agamemnon's burial place, which he hadn't. But like <laughs> sort of the mythology very. I mean, because he was excavating more than a hundred years ago, it's yeah. like very different science than it is now. It wasn't really a science back then. It was more rich people who fancied going and digging stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, like I found it. Here it is. Exactly. It's he was, mine now. Give me yeah, all the money. <laughs> he was informing his findings and his excavations very much on Homer's writing, which we'd be less inclined now to do. I think yeah. <laughs> would be a little bit yeah. But then that's kind of similar. To what people do with the Bible as well. Like mm. People do. I've I've watched these kind of Channel Five documentaries where people are like, "I have found the grave of Jesus" yeah. and all this stuff, and it is, it's quite interesting. Yeah. The way people are trying to take oral history, I suppose, is mm -hmm. what it is. Like yeah. no matter where you're from, and trying to think, how can I locate a real place mm. in these words, and like how much of it is exactly true, and how much of it is hearsay, and like. 
Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah, no, it's a worldwide phenomenon. <laughs> As we have learned, it's all connected and we're not that different. <laughs> we're really not that different no. to the ancient Greeks. But I love stuff like that. It's like, I think that's why, I think you've mentioned it before, when people go to Pompeii, they love going to the brothel. Mm. Even if the brothel is not that interesting. Yeah. People just love that, like, oh, we're the same. Yeah, they exactly. find dick jokes funny as well. Yeah, like, and let me tell you, Aristophanes' comedies filled with fart jokes. <laughs> fart jokes are timeless humour. You know, we think of the ancient Greeks as these, like, the the pinnacle of culture and society and they've been studied for such a long time by the elite of the western world and in Britain. Aristophanes is just a pile of fart jokes. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> yeah, but very like difficult to decipher fart jokes. It's yeah, much it's been, more intellectual. If you read ancient if ancient Greek was your first language, they wouldn't seem that like <laughs> That's what Shakespeare is as well. Exactly. Everyone thinks it's just like really high high level and poetic and it's all dick jokes. Yes. All of it. <laughs> Breaking down the barriers. <laughs> <laughs> bringing it to the masses. Bringing exactly. the fart and the dick jokes to the masses. Exactly. Yeah, don't let anybody tell you like that this, this is some sort of elite area of study. Fart jokes and dick jokes. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. That's what we're here for. That's what I've got a degree in. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, is, this has gone well, I um, think. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think this has been a really interesting conversation. Thanks for coming on with all of your interesting questions. It's been very vague and very, you know, yeah, we've twisted and Hypothetical. And... Yeah, we, we've covered many a topic. Mm, uh, much of the world as well. <laughs> much of the world and much of things that you don't know. So I'm yes. really pleased I asked you those questions. <laughs> giving me some homework I think um, but that's kind of the point of these Ask a Classes as episodes I never expected to know everybody that's good I'm bringing you <laughs> yeah. out of your specialty a bit exactly you know? I, I hope they kind of broaden the discussion provide some potential discussions for future dedicated episodes um, remind me about what people are interested in not just to talk about the Athenians all the time. <laughs> yeah, spread the love a bit. But what about the Nords? <laughs> yeah, well, maybe I'm going to find someone who's an expert on Scandinavian mythology and see if they'll come on. Yeah, and maybe I can ask them all my questions. Yes, <laughs> you can host that episode. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I know you listen to them, so I know you know what happens next, which is I need you oh. to recommend me a book. I hadn't really planned to. Well, I can recommend this Celt book. Please do. But the thing is, it's just a Celt book. I have not read many, and this is not like my, my top recommendation. But you found it accessible, right? I found it very accessible as an introduction to Celts, and that is The Celts. Search for a Civilization by Alice Roberts. Okay. So that would be my recommendation. I'm keen to read it. You've recommended me a book. I'm definitely going to go away and read it. Yeah, I feel like they do talk about kind of Greek stuff in here as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. I remember having... Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a bit of crossover, you probably like it. Yeah. I can't help it, all historians are biased, it's impossible not to be biased. If anyone tries to pretend that they're not biased to you, then they're lying. Well then you wouldn't be um, studying anything so specifically, if you didn't really kind of yeah. mesh with one culture, then you wouldn't be like spending years and years and years writing a book on it, would you? So Going slightly mad in a small room all by myself. <laughs> not, not just by yourself, Jean. <laughs> Surrounded by all your podcasting <laughs> listeners. <laughs> That's a nice thought. I like that. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Well, make sure, if you haven't already, to check Lauren out on all of her social media. 
Will it be different? It will be different because I have just got married okay. when this podcast goes out. So it will be at Lauren Wade Reads okay. on Twitter and Instagram and I will be Lauren Wade on YouTube. Wonderful. Well, it will all be linked in the show notes for your easy clickability. Um, Wonderful. Please do go check her out. And if you ha are interested in Shakespeare, what was I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> Lauren did hint a little bit about Shakespeare there. She's got some amazing videos on her channel about Shakespeare if that's something that interests you and generally just chatting about literature and all of that fun stuff. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I will see you all again soon. No, I won't, because I'm not going to see anybody. <laughs> you will hear Jean's voice very soon. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs>